What? What? <laughs> I started recording. Oh. Hi. Yeah. I'm Michael Lobo. Um, I'm here with uh, Serena and um, my little bro, Danny. And what do you want to be referred to as? You can call me Randy. Randy? Yeah, okay, cool. Randy. With an I or a Y? It's an I. I. Okay. And um, the baby is asleep, so if you hear crying, that's not me this time. He's um, starting today. He's sorry. Um, how are you all doing? I'm sorry I'm so late. Um, sorry I'm so late. I'm good. You're okay? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. How are you, Randy? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm doing great. You're great. How do you know Danny? Uh, we work together. Just as of recently, I do not work, work with him anymore. <laughs> what? <laughs> no yeah, I quit. I did a huge, uh, made a huge scene yesterday at work. Did no, you really? Oh, that was, that's <laughs> yeah, the best way to quit. This and uh, I'm out this <laughs> I took all the manila folders. No, honestly. I'm out of here. <laughs> No, I gave my two weeks notice, and they were like, oh, yeah, okay. you can leave. I'm like, okay, cool, bye. Do you, have, do you have a job uh, or lined up? Oh, yeah. Ready? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. do you, is it okay to ask what it is? Yeah, I work oh. for Allstate Claims Adjuster. Right now? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, and the, what's the new job? Well, that was what I left State Farm for. State Farm. Oh, okay. I'm with it now. Okay. I'm waiting for the coffee to kick in. <laughs> it'll, it'll be okay. How are you doing, Stream? What the? You gotta speak way louder than that. <laughs> you are so loud all the time. I'm good, thanks. Everyone just exploded their eardrums. Um, we're we're just gonna get into it. We usually uh, lollygag for about um, forty minutes. Danny, you've done this before, okay. and um, uh, we mess around for a good four hours before we get to the actual topic. But um, do you wanna? Since you suggested it, do you wanna kind of explain, introduce what we're talking about? Yeah, sure. Um, so the topic for today is uh -huh. a web series I ran into um, on the interwebs called Man there Enough. It is. It's because you called it interwebs. Damn it. <laughs> you felt it. I'm going to shut up now. No. <laughs> um, and it's... He'll be okay. He'll be all right. He'll, he's, yeah, you, you, uh, it's fine. Okay. Um... And it's a web series hosted, run by, created by, whatever, um, an actor named Justin Baldoni, who's, uh, I take it, one of the main characters in... Um, Jane the Virgin. Have you never Jane, seen it? I still have not seen Jane the Virgin. Neither have I. We're stopping. Don't, don't, everyone don't tell all over that. He's going to start crying. For shame. I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry. He hasn't seen the baby. Um, Here's my red A. There we go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can't laugh and cry. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> pick one. Oh, there it is. Um, okay, so you haven't seen the show, which we're gonna shame you about in a little bit then. Yeah, it's okay. fine. Um, but uh, in any case, so he decided to do this web series uh, to talk about the concepts of masculinity and how they um, manifest in our culture. Um, how they manifest in our interrelationships between uh, other people and their long-term effects in our society. Cool. Yeah. And there was four episodes. Do you know if there'll be more episodes? I don't know. I'm hoping there will be. I'm hoping so, too. So the fourth, the fourth episode, that one gentleman kind of hinted towards maybe more coming. I forget the, the gentleman's name. But he was talking directly to... Um, his last name, Baldoni, the guy uh -huh. who leads it. Yeah. He said, like, basically, I love what you're doing here, what you're going to further do. So it kind of seemed like they oh, might. Right. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. I, hope, I yeah. feel like there was a lot of other topics 
that could be oh, yes. uh, brought in. Um, yeah, and then he also did a TED Talk, right, about yes. um, he wanted to stop trying to be man enough, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I watched it. I think I hope we all watched it. Um, I wanted to go through it uh, episode by episode. Um, because I figure if we jump around, then we might lose our thoughts somewhere. Yeah. Um, the first, first one. Um, what was it called? Why can't men talk? Uh, what were um, your impressions of the the first episode and the concept of it? Uh huh. So, I I think the first episode was. I mean, it's there. Every episode is very authentic, but um, the first em- episode really portrayed its authenticity as far as the topic to really draw you in mm-hmm. um, and show you why the concept of masculinity is so important to talk about because it is um, not really mm-hmm. talked about, and so they ask a lot of um, questions, um, kind of to each other kind of in general about um, what masculinity actually means uh, and um, each um, each one of these guys at the table they also share a personal account of their own exposure mm-hmm. to uh, the concept of masculinity but yeah. it really drew me in and kind of why I, I felt compelled to share it with other people because I thought, you know, this is actually very useful mm-hmm. information to really absorb and just apply to your own right. life. Can I ask you what what does masculinity mean to you then? Um, so, of course, I can help and think about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> you know, um, given that's the whole point of the web series. But for me, it's... The idea of masculinity has kind of just been put in a blender my whole life. Um, now, my first exposure to the idea of uh, masculinity came from, namely, three people. Four people, actually, I would say. Um, and that was my father, uh, my oldest and only brother, and then... Uh, my neighbor's family, so the husband and then the son, so these four men. And particularly coming from the neighbors and for a good portion of my early childhood from my oldest brother, the idea of masculinity to me was portrayed um, in the same fashion that these men kind of talked about. It was about, um, you know, being a good man, uh, making sure that you treat ladies right, whatever that means. Um, uh, another major thing that came into play was playing and being good at sports. Um, and to not be a girl. Right. Which that in and of itself we can get into. Uh, but those are were some of the major ways that it really came into play for me and so what that turned into was um, this cognitive dissonance that I grew up with of who I actually was and then who I thought I should be Mm -hmm. Um, 
Now, mind you, at this point in my life, like, for example, my father is long gone out of the picture. Um, my oldest brother, he's 11 years older than I, but we have a good relationship, but we're not particularly close. Mm -hmm. um, I think part of it is due to how much older he is, and he's always been, like, 20 steps ahead of me as far as, like, his stages in life, if mm -hmm. you will. So now he's married, he's got his own house. Like, he has a very separate life from me Very that's very different. Um, and I kind of forgot my point, but... <laughs> That's okay. Ultimately, uh, <laughs> like, point being that, um, oh, like, who I am now, uh, I'm not necessarily, like, or at least I wouldn't consider myself your stereotypically, like, hyper-masculine guy, and I'm not your, I wouldn't say I'm your stereotypically hyper-femme guy either. I, I kind of float somewhere in the middle, and it kind of depends on my mood on any given day. Um, but I do remember that when I was little, uh, I was, for lack of a better term, just kind of shat on by these older men, like male figures in my life that thought, oh, there's something wrong with this kid. Like... Why is he playing with Barbies? Or how how dare his aunt, like, put makeup on him? Or, you know, maybe he's, like, maybe he's probably gay and, like, uh -huh. there's something you need to do about it. Stuff like that. Now, like, I'm old enough and just kind of don't care. But I do remember that in, in my early childhood, it did have a huge effect on how I felt about myself, ultimately. Yeah. Because I was not your stereotypical masculine boy. I was... Otherwise, and that in and of itself, in the eyes of these other men, was a problem. Yeah. What were uh, your thoughts, Randy, on the, the first episode? So I have... Daniel and I have gotten to the conversation so many times. Uh, I'm a lesbian, and all my friends, all my girlfriends are just like man-hating women. Mm -hmm. And it makes me so upset, because it's... My father was like a single father, pretty much. He raised two girls. Um, and... He pretty much instilled in us, like, not to be a girl either. It was like, you can't cry. You know, you kind of oh. need a man up. You don't need a man in your life to mm -hmm. get things through. Um, but, you know, if I fell and scratched myself, it wasn't like a babying thing. It was like, suck it up. Mm -hmm. So my perspective on, I guess, men and how they were brought up is, I would say, really different. I see how in the first episode they talk about how men can't talk. They're taught not to talk. You don't right. talk about your feelings. Mm -hmm. You're considered gay, and you are ostracized if you're considered different than yeah. the masculine. Um, I played sports. I played football. I, when I would play against other teams, they wouldn't know that I was a girl because we all had our helmet on. Mm -hmm. And in Pee Wee's, you had to keep your helmet on the entire game. Like, not even really didn't have time. You had to keep it, keep it on. Um, so when my helmet would come off at the end of the game, these fathers would, like, <laughs> beat their sons. Like, that was a girl the whole time. It's like, it doesn't matter if I'm a woman, you know, it's, it's whoever can play the sport. Yeah. But it's, they're instilled at a very young age that you need to be very masculine. You need to be this man. And if you're less than that, then here are the consequences. 
So you can't talk about your feelings. Mm-hmm. You look at your father, he's yelling at you because you fell down and you can't cry about it. How are you supposed to talk about what's going on on the inside? Yeah. So that's I guess, my perspective on the first episode. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, what about you, Serena? Um, well, I, I thought it was interesting. They talked about feelings, right? Yeah, like, yeah, white cat men talk to each other, and then what it means, means to them, yeah. Okay. Um, Bring them around. So, <laughs> <for> all, <laughs> so I grew up uh, in a household mostly of women. My dad was the only man, um, and it was my grandmother, my mom, my sister, and I. And we were taught um, that you serve the men their dinner, and you cook. And my grandmother was like a firm believer. She didn't let us be anywhere near our dad. Um, she was like, you know, I, you cook, um, you clean, and she took care of us. He didn't feed us, he didn't change us, he wasn't really a part of that piece of our upbringing. And so I thought that was, um, I thought back, you know, to my upbringing and what masculinity meant to me. And it was, my dad was stereotypical, like, mas- hyper-masculine male, military, um, you know, and, and it, it still comes out in him, and we've had discussions of, like, Daddy can't say stuff like that. <laughs> um, and it comes out all the time, and then I, I hear it when he talks to Michael, too. Um, and I'm very grateful I reflected on how different Michael is from my dad. And, um, and I think that may play a huge key in why we're a successful couple and why we work so well because I know I'm very strong-minded. I'm very masculine, (laughs) (laughs) quote-unquote. So, yeah, it it was just, it was interesting to see how they defined it. And then um, it's, I just feel like it's such an, it's so ingrained in our society and our history as a country that like and and granted I, I shared this earlier it's not quite as bad here as some of the other countries mm-hmm. where women's basic human rights are just mm-hmm. denied altogether um but even in taking the man's last name in marriage like it goes back to the tradition of the woman being traded as property from the father to the husband and that's why I did not want to take Michael's name. And instead, we combined our names. And I was like, if I have to get used to somebody calling me by a new name, then so should you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was very grateful that he didn't walk away from me right then and yeah. there. But, um, so it's just, it was interesting I, to hear what um, their perspectives were and then to just kind of reflect on my own life and see how it differed or um, some of the consistencies. Yeah. Uh, what I loved about it, as I recognized a few of the, the men he had around the table. And um, it was great to see the diversity mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. ethnicity-wise, also the diversity age-wise, um, as well as, well, good, now I can't remember the guy's name. He's a, the comedian from, I want to say the Middle East, who had to keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's from a totally different country. Mm-hmm. And when they were talking about masculin- masculinity early on. Defined um, by the women. Yeah, yeah. And he said, why is it even a good thing? In my country, it's it, it's defined by how well you keep your woman in line, mm-hmm. and it, 
we don't even I I think here in America we do have that as well. Mm-hmm. If our if our woman is acting up, mm-hmm. then you need a set of straight. Like right? who's wearing the pants? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And um, so I love the diversity in the group, especially and then there are different backgrounds, right? The dancer, the actor, mm-hmm. uh, the spoken word poet. Um, so I, I really appreciated that. So so from the jump, as they started, as they were talking, um, I was in. So I was really grateful you. Uh, recommended, recommended this and um, with with masculinity mas- wow I'm not going to get this word in that's a topic uh, masculinity um, yeah from, from my dad um, my mom was the one who worked and got all the money and my dad was the one who stayed home um, and he was a typical you don't cry uh, tough it out but he was also um, which we can get more into it with um, the fourth episode but he was, he was really abusive to us. So when I would see him do these things to my mom or see him do it to me, um, I it was kind of jarring because I thought, this is a weird way to treat your your wife, um, well, they're not, their partner, um, or your children. You're supposed to protect your family, not in the sense that the man's supposed to protect the family, but you're the parent. You're supposed to be looking out for your kids. And this woman is your partner. You should be looking out for her, not abusing her. Um, so from a young age, I was already, my idea of what a man is supposed to be was already messed up. But uh, And I watched a lot of uh, pro wrestling as a kid. Uh, I still do. Um, and you could even see it with superheroes, right? The mm-hmm. Wonder Woman's really the only recognizable in the DC universe. And then you see it now with the Avengers stuff. Um, it was really only Black Widow. They, they barely introduced other ones. Uh, Captain Marvel is the first one, barely getting her own movie. Um, so when we buy uh, our baby, our son, things, um, we, we definitely try to, to just balance it out, right? And in the episode two that I, I kind of jumped at was um, from birth, you're coded. Mm-hmm. Blue is for boys, pink is for girls. That's why we didn't want to know uh, what he was. And then we didn't... When people would ask us, we just said, just give us anything. We want dolls. We want books. We want ships. We want And of course, when stuff. people found out we were still having a boy, or when we were having a boy, they still got us, you know, some of the little yeah. more masculine. Like mm-hmm. baseball shirts. And so, uh, which I actually, I hate <laughs> baseball. So, um, oh, no offense. No, 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 no I just, I, I'm so uh, offended. <laughs> Randy has left. Um, but we also, like, we're cognizant of the fact that it's not, like, baseball is not specifically for boys. Yeah, right. And yeah, dancing yeah. is not specifically for girls. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always kind of delineated like that. We want to expose him to everything. We dress him in girls' clothing. <laughs> yeah. And um, we buy him every toy. Like, his cup is pink. Like, it just it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know? And we want to, the more we expose him, the more we break down those barriers that are already just kind of ingrained in our culture. Yeah. Um, what were some of the things, and kind of in my head, I, I lumped the first two episodes together, I think, because it was yeah, the same yeah. group of men, so if, right. if, I, jump, if I jump through it, um, what, what things that were being said did you relate to, um, Danny? Uh, so one of the first things that jumped down at me was um, Javier, what's his name? Uh, from, from uh, Hamilton. 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 Yeah. yeah. So he, of course, very early on in the episode, even if you didn't know him, like, 
from Hamilton or anything. He, on the episode, he said, well, as a gay man, this is my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, at, at this stage in my life, identifying as queer, because I don't really fall anywhere, it's me, uh, but still being on that LGBTQ, ABC123 plus spectrum, uh-huh. um, which at the end of the day, it shouldn't matter, but I digress. Um, falling on that spectrum, he... He provides his own perspective, his own piece of pie as far as what his uh, particular exposure is to the idea of masculinity. Um, And one of the biggest parts was the idea of safety Mm -hmm. um, and making sure that, you know, whoever you are surrounded by or, or whatever environment you're in, you have to make sure you're safe because you can all you always run the risk of maybe being called something or being some form of physically assaulted or you know something horrible just because somebody doesn't agree with the fact that you're not heterosexual and therefore they feel the need to mm-hmm. uh, call you or do something physically harmful to you because of the fact. And so the idea of um, making sure that you maybe portray yourself a certain way as far as personality, because uh, maybe you're the one gay man that is not out in a, in a group of multiple men that happen to be heterosexual, and because of the cultural, because of the culture, because of the society, maybe you don't feel particularly safe mm-hmm. to be your true and authentic self. Um, and... As Javier was explaining that idea of safety, um, that really, I, I greatly related to that because that's kind of how I lived my life, uh, portraying myself for the longest time. And there, and these are some habits that I still kind of have. Mm-hmm. For example, it could be something as simple as making sure I deepen my voice and make sure that my handshake is a little more firm when Mm -hmm. I meet another male colleague or whatever for the first time. Uh, And those little things, those tiny little things that kind of dictate your behavior, um, it, it can be heavy over time especially if you don't have an outlet um i am grateful that i i do have an outlet uh for example a good group of friends uh that for the most part know who i am exactly as i am not Mm -hmm. some kind of pretend version of me and i also have the privilege of right now having a relatively safe work environment so for example if i want to uh you know, I show up to work wearing a pair of heels mm-hmm. like I did yes. a couple of weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I don't feel like people are going to necessarily look at me weird or call, call me out on it. And mm-hmm. I'm sure people did, but it wasn't enough for me to notice or care. Right. Because for the most part, the environment at work as a whole is relatively safe because that's the kind of culture they create. So for that... I'm grateful for, mm-hmm. but yeah, these are some kind of some of the ways that it um, affects me in my daily life. Yeah, uh, what about you, Randy? I would say 
things that made me really think. Um, I, I don't want to get off topic, but I did right after. Well, basically, I watched um, this documentary called Believer. Um, it's the lead singer for uh, Imagine Dragons. He's Mormon, grew up mm-hmm. in the Mormon church in Utah. Um, but there's a huge epidemic with um, suicide rates in Utah. Oh. So, um, Derek, is it how? I think it's Huff. Huff, yes. I want to say Huff. Huff. Okay, cool. Or, yeah, the dancer. Yeah. Yeah. He grew up in Utah. I believe he was a Mormon family. And I think he talked about someone in his family or something like that committing suicide or something on. Did he he not? I think so. I think he alluded to it, yeah. So that immediately rang to me, and I told Daniel, like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for telling me about this miniseries. Because that, I'm like, it just makes so much sense. Because not only can religious aspect of it these men can't say anything mm-hmm. but they on top of that have this they already grew up being told you cannot talk about your feelings and they right. think the only way out is suicide there's no other way out yeah and um so that really resonated with me thinking about the men that we talk about like the whole me too movement not to go topic for episode four but that these men they have no other way to let out those aggressions they think that this is the way they need to do so mm-hmm. um so it's just a huge just snowball effect. Just starts from them when they're young, feeling that they can't speak up and like all these other things they're dealing with. Then it goes to violence. Yeah. And things that get worse. So that's what really hit me hard. Yeah. In those episodes. What was something that hit? Oh, me too. Okay. Um. Yeah. The um, with with the dancing because I, I danced for a while. Uh, I got a lot of. Oh, he must be gay. Right, and I got a lot of when I'm I'm an actor, so when we do theater, like oh, all the all the theater guys are, are gay, and so it's it's funny how these things are just ingrained, and uh, they're established, and we just we just assume things about people. Mm-hmm. We can't just say everybody can dance or anyone can do theater, and it's um, that that really hit me. And then with the opening feelings, I forgot which which guy said it, but. It, it was really kind of connected to homophobia because they're like, oh, that's gay, man. Don't talk to me about that. And that's used oh, like in the... Oh, telling each other I love you. And- yeah, yeah, and hugging. And that's... Mm-hmm. And then when Srini and I were talking about these uh, episodes, I thought about the fraternity a lot, right? Danny and I are in the same fraternity. And um, I'm really grateful that we could just hug. And when we were starting out at ASU, me and the, the early brothers, I mean, we still do it now, but... When we first showed up, we hugged, right? While other fraternities have a secret handshake, which is fine. That's what they do. But we we just hug. We show our love. We say, I love you. Sometimes we kiss each other on the cheek. Um, and we became known as uh, the gay fraternity on campus, which we, we didn't take offense to. We were, it's cost whatever you want, and we are who we are. We're just showing love for each other in that way. Mm-hmm. And um, But the fact that that was, that was put on it in that manner because we're just showing love to each other just because we, we hug and just because we talk about our feelings so openly when we're out in restaurants um it, it's such a strange idea um also the don't cry and it was funny when they were talking about the the wooden um candles it gives a wooden forest scent yeah because it's the manly smell i, I don't you're like buying the a candle you're buying a candle, candle. you want to smell good perfect <laughs> wood i know yeah and um another thing uh with your relationship with your dads because i i feel like that's usually the first 
man, man figure of what you start to form, what a, a man is or how they should treat other people. Um, do you want to touch, I mean, you touched a little bit on it earlier um, with your dad. So I don't really have anything to tie to my own dad. Um, but the thing that I did pay attention to, at least in the series, was how uh, Justin had that little segment with his own dad. I forget his name, yes. Sammy. Yes. Uh, when they were at the driving range. Mm, that was so cute. Um, and Justin expressed that when he was younger, he had kind of a form of bitterness toward his dad for not teaching him those stereotypically manly things, whatever that means, like... Mm-hmm. Fishing or hunting or yeah, yeah. Uh, throwing the ball fighting around, bears. fighting bears, yeah. whatever. Um, and yet, although I think that um, Justin's dad did a good job in raising Justin, simply because of the fact that I mean, the fact that Justin's even doing this whole series right. at all mm-hmm. speaks volumes of Justin as a person, right? Uh, but I understand his bitterness because I kind of felt, actually, for the longest time, I felt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I, I was constantly comparing myself to other boys. I remember for the first time, for example, um, actually, that's a topic for episode three. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, but anyway. Um, I was constantly comparing myself to other boys because these other boys could play sports. These other boys could get any girl they wanted. These other boys just... It, How old were you? Uh, oh, just, just this was like an general? element, like growing up in general, but like particularly in grade school, I would say between the ages of 10 and 14. Huh. No, 10 and like 18, because okay. I saw it in high school too. Uh, but when I was still in elementary school... Um, it was, it was a very difficult thing to witness because I just kept comparing myself to these other boys that I thought I would never be. Mm -hmm. And by creating that cognitive dissonance within myself, all that really did was increase my suffering Mm -hmm. and increase my disdain for who I actually was versus who I wanted to be, Mm -hmm. which at the end of the day... I agree. Yeah, uh, yeah, Gaga. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, at the end of the day, I don't. I'm grateful I'm not like those other boys because I'm just I'm me, mm-hmm. and I would much rather be me than anybody else, just because this is who I was born to be, and mm-hmm. and that's it. But that bitterness he felt, though, I I do understand that because it's hard to yeah get past it. If I can ask, did you compare yourself to other boys too? Was there like uh, a, like, oh, that's class. I do that now. Wow. To little boys, I compare myself to little boys all the time. And they win. And they win all the time. <laughs> no, um, I, I noticed it more, I think, like sixth grade because huh. that's when we were allowed to do sports at our school. Mm. And I think that's the, the big thing for at least boys um, that I know of. That was their way of showing who's the biggest, who's the baddest, who's the strongest. Um, was with sports. Hmm. And you notice some boys were kind of being, uh, they were kind of buffer. Right. And I'm walking around with my 
a skinny Asian body, um, <laughs> the, I definitely felt insecure in that way. Did you compare yourself to other girls? Oh, up? yeah, absolutely. Um, really? Well, I'm, dad's also military, um, uh. but I'm biracial. So um, he knows the story multiple times. But like, it's just literally everything. I had a teacher in fifth grade. I thought I was white growing up. I'm like, no, my dad's black. And this teacher made me change my answer on my on the race portion of a standardized test what? to black. Oh. She made me change it to black because I had it white. And she's like, you're black. I'm like, what are you talking about? My dad's black. And she's like, you can't lie on these things. You need to change it to black. Whoa. Yeah. So it's not only that, but then, like, I thought I was white. So I see all these white girls with their mm-hmm. straight hair, uh-huh. blonde hair, skinny bodies. Mm-hmm. I'm black. I was a big kid. I had curly hair. Um, so yeah, I always compared myself. I always thought I was like way different. And of course, I was completely into girls um, and just a race thing. I grew up in Hawaii. Um, my dad got stationed in Washington State, and like everyone there is white. Yeah. And so like a huge just race thing there as well. So yeah, absolutely, definitely compared yeah. myself a lot. Um, what was? Oh, when you were talking about um, dad not teaching stuff. Uh, as much as I, I try to untie myself from the idea of, of masculinity and femininity and what boys and girls should do, um, in our house, I was trying to put up the, the curtain rods, and I couldn't fucking do it. I don't know <laughs> if I couldn't drill it, and it was just not, and I just didn't also, measure it. The person who did our house was shitty and did, like, it's a, a shit wall. job. It's so. a shit wall, oh, man. So it's... So then she's like, let me do it. And then the tiny primitive thing that's been taught was like, no, you're the man. you got to do it. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, I'm yeah. going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Be but quiet. See, but what's funny is it wasn't even just you. So so he, I had asked him to um, to put the hose so that it would drain properly from the dishwasher, right? And into the sink, whatever. And... Um, and he was like, it's not going to go. It doesn't go that way. And he was so frustrated. And I said, okay, let me. me do it. So I was there in a dress, and then I changed after. But um, we had the, the CenturyLink guy come in. And so I was there under the sink, and I was drilling, and I was hammering, and I fucking rigged that hose. <laughs> and it drains like a boss now. But... But the guy, the CenturyLink guy, was like, did you get the, the dishwasher to work? And I said, yeah, it drains well now. And he's like, oh, he's like, I was wondering, like, why, you know, you were the one. And I was all, okay. Like, it just, he, he made it seem like, why wasn't your husband doing this? That's yeah. what he wanted to say. Like, yeah, why yeah. were you the one? Yeah. And so I, I'd still, it'll, it'll pop up in me. <laughs> and I, as much as I try to untie it and try to get out of the trap. Uh, what was... Uh, your relationship with your dad, like, it, as far as um, teaching you how to be, and then also kind of, um, since you didn't, I mean, I don't know what happened with your mom, but if you didn't have a female figure then, did he just teach you how boys are supposed to be, and then that was the mold he tried to put you in? Is that... So, um, I have a great relationship with my father now, mm-hmm. um, military, so of course he's a yeah. hard ass. Um, yeah. We didn't get along a lot, but, um, so my biological mom, she, um, she's a drug addict. They got divorced. So I was like three or four years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I had nannies and then luckily he met my, um, last nanny who actually became my stepmom and she's amazing. Um, but from what I can remember, my dad, he had it together. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he was a, he was a hard ass and he was always, 
um, kind of like that whole feeling of you don't need a man, you can do this yourself. You can do basically whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when, uh, my, I call her my mom, but she, of course I said mom. Uh, she came in the picture. She pretty much did the same thing as well. It was never, yeah. and it could just because I was into sports, it was never you have to wear this dress, you have to wear these dress shoes. Mostly it was for, for like Easter for my grandparents to appease them. Uh, my sister would run around the neighborhood with boys, her hair uncut and everything else like that. So I would say my dad taught me really more to be masculine, like yeah. and know how to you know change tire, um, drill, change locks, you know anything else like that. Um, so yeah, it's kind of interesting to think about it that way that I was kind of brought up to be more masculine, and I'm pretty feminine, I would say in like some regard, but. Yeah, I'd say it came definitely came. Yeah. Do that? No. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 that was my hand motion. Yes. Keep it coming. Yeah. Yes, I agree. No, like, eh, kind of. Uh, <laughs> I can wear a dress. I'll, I'll, I'll disagree with someone damn else. Black. <laughs> damn it. it. It's just funny. I was talking to him about uh, my play football um, mm-hmm. still uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I remember exactly what happened. But I told him I catch myself talking to other guys and like, Man, why do you play like a bitch? Like, why are you? <laughs> why do you throw the ball like that? Like, throw it better. Like, why do you throw it like a girl? I'm like, damn, I'm yeah. part of the problem. I mean, I, I still catch myself being that same person saying the same things that makes people, you know, right. the whole masculine thing. And I right. told him about that. I was like, even I do that. Like, what the heck? It's definitely ingrained at a very young age. Yeah, yeah. The roles. Do you want to share your relationship relationship with your dad? I'm drunk. Your relationship with your dad. <laughs> Because I'm curious, because she says that you yeah. know, she's masculine, and if you, if you're the women in your family are molding you to be like that stereotypical woman, yeah, where that came from. I well, and I think a part of it is my my grandmother was a really strong woman too. So my my grandfather passed away when my mom and my tia were in their twenties, so they were still fairly young, and so my mom had to work, um, and she was the breadwinner for her family. And when my nana was old, um, when my mom and my tia were old enough, my nana went to work too. And um, they put my tia through college, and um, and they are very strong-minded women, very strong women in general. My nana would, um, up until her probably seventies, she would fix things around the house, and she would, um, you know. Uh, make the put wood to make like a carport and she would build shelves and she would do all this shit and I was like what are you doing and I I learned that from her but it was is great she raised um my sister and I while my parents worked but she also um was a seamstress and she was a community leader and she was just very very had a very strong personality and so um so um my mom is that way too, where she's just, she's very, um, she has a very strong personality and she is, uh, you know, kind of the, um, I don't want to say the stubborn one, because they're both really <laughs> stubborn, which I also get. Um, but I was, as I was growing up, um, I was closer, I feel, to my dad. And I, I'm, I'm fortunate that I do have a good relationship with both of my parents. Um, and so my dad was, like, running errands and going to the hardware store and, um, you know, playing or watching sports. He'd play basketball with us. And, um, and then my mom would be, like, cooking in the kitchen. And so there were these, like, kind of gender norms 
behaviors that they would um, exude, but it was, it was also a nice combination for me. And I think when I was in high school, um, I started to wear like boy clothing. And a lot of it was just, it's a lot more comfortable than, <laughs> than girl clothing. And girls wanted to show their stomachs. And I'm, like, f- fine with not showing my stomach. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know. It was just, it would always kind of go against, like, what the other girls were doing. And that was fine. I didn't care. And I didn't, I'm lucky and fortunate that I didn't get bullied for anything, right? Um, and so it was just kind of. I don't know. It was just trying to find, like, who I was. I've kissed girls. I've kissed guys. It doesn't really... It didn't really matter. And again, I was fortunate that I had friends and a family that was understanding. And they kind of let me be who I wanted to be. As far as my strong personality, um, I think... I think that comes, again, from just my immediate family. We're really close, and it's family is, like, the most important thing to me, and that's something that I think we vary on because he considers, like, his fraternity brothers family. Mm. And I think that's amazing. And I was also just kind of raised in this, like, this is our blood, and this is, like, what we, mm-hmm. who we take care of. And when... I started to pick up on, like, well, I don't want a wedding. I never thought about having a wedding. I never thought about being married, first off, um, much less having children. (laughs) And then I would always hear, like, why? Like, you have to go get a dress, and you have to have a bachelorette party, and you have to do all this stuff. And I'm like, but why? Like, why? You know, just constantly questioning. Even the traditions in the wedding, because we did have a wedding. I talked her into it. I was the one who wanted to be. <laughs> he really was. <laughs> yeah. We had a small court wedding. It was just my dad and um, one of our good friends, or his best friend, and we went to the court, and it was great. It was beautiful. We had breakfast, and that was it. Um, and then we did have a wedding. But even the tradition of the garter and throwing the bouquet and all of that, fuck all that. Like, we don't need all of that. The garter is a really disgusting tradition, I too. I to throw the bouquet. Of course. <laughs> Um, the whole life I wanted. <laughs> I still want to now. Um, and then now, like raising a child, like being cognizant of, of everything that's out there, every show that's out there for kids, all the mm-hmm. clothing that's out there. That's just kind of oh, um, that's not yours. You know that? That's fine. Found yeah. a syringe. No big deal. <laughs> I don't know what that is. No. Um, <laughs> it's probably one of those. Yeah, but, and, and it's, I still get into you know arguments with my dad because he's like, you have to, you know, Michael's the breadwinner. And I'm like, actually, Not I make more close. money. She makes <laughs> so, so much more money. And <laughs> I'm cool with that. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, and I and, don't and you know, well, Michael's gonna, you know, he'll, I'll have, I'll take Michael with me to the game, and I'll take, you know, and and it's because he grew up with girls, mm-hmm. and so he he never had a son, and, and I'm grateful that you know he he sees Michael as the son he never had, but Michael's like, no, nah, I don't want to go either. I was right? like, I don't, I don't want to go. I just want to watch movies. Yeah. And I just sit at home and drink wine and exactly. watch movies. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. We'll do that. Yes. We'll do that. You go ahead. But it is like it's still. I'll like, gladly go. If you're not <laughs> done. Every time he invites me, I'm like, hey, uh, Randy, can you go? Sarah, get Randy. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, it's still like he he has to he has to exert like his power and his masculinity. Which and again, I I adore my dad. I think he's you know I'm fortunate. He's always been there and he's never abused um, my mom and at least not in front of me that I know of. He's never abused my sister. Right. So it's. Um, it's just, even, you know, when we were, when we bought this house and um, I wanted to move the clothesline, and so I, I asked him for tools. I didn't ask him to move the clothesline. And I felt, I saw him get tired and, like, really just kind of winded, and I was like, mind you, he's like 70 years old. And so I was like, Dad, it's okay. And he just, he kept, it was like he had to prove mm-hmm. a uh-huh. point, and he had to do it for me. And I'm like, Dad, you've been, you've taken care of me for 30 years. You're fine. Like, just sit down and drink some water before you die, because I'm yeah. not going to have you die here. And and yeah. it w- I was the one who was, like, shoveling, um, shoveling and moving shit. And it's, it's, My ass I think was drinking lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder if she And then I finally gone. thought, oh, I should probably go. Um, and so he, he, he's, he raised me to like go to the hardware store with him and help him fix stuff and put stuff together. And he allowed, you know, I was allowed to go to science camps and do more like masculine activities versus like girls did. But, um, but there's still, I can tell like he still tries to, oops, he still tries (laughs) to, um, (laughs) you know, like again, just show his masculinity in the way he can, in the best way he knows how. Yeah. Um, um, speaking on about her dad, this is now her dad podcast. Um, <laughs> I'll notice I'll have to um, <coughs> sort of code switch around him a little bit. What you were saying, how because he's such a manly man, yeah. I I kind of have to tone some things down. I mean, I don't change who I am morally or anything, so I'm still me. I just if we're watching sports, I'll I'll ask more questions than I I would if it was. If I probably wouldn't watch. The sports, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Like maybe basketball, and basketball, and MMA. But I mean, other yeah, yeah. That, um, but I'll, out of respect for him, it's his household, it's his daughter. You know, I'll, I'll ask a lot of questions. Um, why can't everyone have a football? Why do I have to fight over one football? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> why do they have to do that? Um, <laughs> Why are they tackling? Why, why don't they ever run the other way on the baseball field? Can't why they just talk about it? Why <laughs> they, why <laughs> the, the colors clash. I just watch a movie about football. I don't want to. Um, what? No, the movie is with. Okay. And um, so I'll notice that too. When when you brought up is is when it clicked. Um, sometimes I do have to maybe tone some. But why? I we shouldn't. Right? We shouldn't have to do that. We should just be ourselves anyway. Um, but it's hard. And I will say, because I've noticed this with both of my parents, they are 70. My mom's older, I think. Okay. Anyway, it, I, I think it's a generational thing, too. Because I find them saying, you know, having a very narrow view of immigration. And... And I'm like, but your family was from Mexico. Like you weren't. I don't like. I don't. It's whole, It's so hard for for us now, at least, to hear some of, you know, the comments they say. And my mom one time. One time we were in the car, and she's like, "Am I being racist?" And I said, "Yes, mom. Actually, you are." And she said, "Okay." And then she changed. She went on to something else. But I. I. 
I like felt a little flicker of hope because I was like, at least she thought about mm-hmm. it. Versus like mm-hmm. the past, where she would just rant and rave, and I was I was taught like you know children are to be seen and not heard, and so I I felt like I couldn't say anything before, and it wasn't until I I think I was in college actually that I started to really um, like have them question what they were saying and kind of push back and have conversations and ask more questions and have them try to figure out. But it's, I will say, I think it's hard because most of the people in their generation have those same, that same kind of understanding of the world. Yeah. Of the, yeah. Yeah. Um, So with episode three, uh, you were almost getting into it and I was yelling at you mentally to stop. Uh, I heard you mentally. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, They were talking about body image um, as far as with men, they... They went on a little bit about it with women. Um, what what does body image with yourself? Uh, what does it mean to? Oh my! He just broke the window. Uh, what does it mean to you? And what? And in comparing yourself, you were gonna get into it. Yeah. So the account I was gonna share is that I I remember being in sixth grade on the playground and. Um, there was this kid that was relatively new to the school, um, and he became immediately popular for being a good-looking kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the girls were all over him, and he played sports on the playground. He was super like he was just a he was the kind of boy like any hormone raging girl would want uh-huh. at that age. And I remember on one particular day. What age is this? Um, sixth grade. Mm. So like uh, 11, 12. 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember on one particular day, um, he was on the main field with all these other guy friends. Uh, they were about to play a game of football. And he was like feeling himself, okay, more power to you. He took his shirt off. Um, and, like, mind you, like, I don't know what a 12-year-old boy body is supposed to look like, but this kid was, like, ripped. It was yeah. weird. I was like, you're 12 and you're so ripped, and I'm oddly turned on. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? But, you know, the bigger, like, the bigger thing I felt, though, was I don't look like him. Mm-hmm. And that was a problem that I had uh, yes. internally with myself. Um, and mind you, like, he was in, like, completely different class on a different side of the school, so the only time I ever, like, observed or saw of him was on the playground. Um, so I never knew him personally or anything. Um, but seeing what his body looked like and comparing it to mine was, I think, around roughly the time when I started evaluating my own not consciously, but I started evaluating myself in terms of what I looked like in comparison to these other boys that are ripped, whatever, or good-looking, or muscular of sorts, which I was not. Uh, I've always been a very thin person. And in comparing myself to these other boys, that's when I started feeling not so great about myself in terms of my body image. And then I would get comments even um, even from 
Well, from guys and girls alike, like, oh, you're so skinny, you're so skinny, and just kind of like, um, what's his name, the spoken word fella. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He pointed out that um, he was always called skinny, and he started working out because of that. Um, that's actually one of the major reasons why I wanted to start working out and building a, I guess, just a bigger, better body compared to what I had. Um, so I remember around that age, um, it was, I don't remember what exactly my mom and I were talking about, but I remember saying to her, um, that for Christmas, I wanted a Bowflex. No. (laughs) I wanted a Bowflex. What's a Bowflex? Um, it's, it's like, like this like home workout thing that you can like whole body yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like so many yeah and like I think about it now and like I can kind of laugh about it a little bit but it also makes me sad to think that because if I were observing some other twelve year old boy who felt the same way oh, that I did yeah. um, asking for a bowflex I couldn't help but wonder why and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Why, why in particular, like, why does a 12-year-old kid care enough to ask for a Bowflex for Christmas? Like, should right. a, a 12-year-old kid, like, ask for, I don't know, a video game, a right. book? Like, I don't know, anything else. That's not. But that particular thing. The um, pinnacle of fitness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then it also tur- started turning into, like... Oh, my body's just so skinny, but it's flabby and it has no strength. And then um, there was a point where my mom asked me, like, because I used to call myself fat, but not in a joking way. Like, I was actually serious. Mm -hmm. And being 11, 12, my mom, like, asked me, like, in her own, like, Mexican way, like, are you anorexic or something? Kind of thing, and more I more judgmental than concerned. Right, <laughs> exactly. More judgmental than concerned. Um, and so I just started feeling really crappy about my my own body. Now, of course, it wasn't up until years later that I learned about the ideas of like self compassion and mindfulness that I just learned to accept myself exactly as I am right now in this given moment. Because if if you mentally want something else that doesn't actually exist in your reality, that's a major cause of suffering. And I yeah. just thought, well, I don't want to suffer, so I'm not going to do these things that cost me to suffer. I'm just going to accept myself as I am right now. Um, but that's been like a lifelong journey to even get to this point. But I do remember at that age, and mind you, like, I mean, that. Everybody that's like 11, 12, 13, 14, like, your hormones are raging. You don't know what you want out of life. Like, you're kind of just, your brain's all over the place. But I do remember that I struggled majorly with my body image. Just yeah. because it, I wasn't that rich kid that took off his shirt one day on the playground. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Randy, what's... Your relationship with um, with your body image, 
Ugh, it's been a terrible one. So yeah. I was bullied hard, so hard in elementary school by this girl named Raisha Jackson. That bitch. Damn. But it was, she's listening. And she's right. listening. I'm Fuck looking you. for you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Damn, she's looking for you, too. Fuck your life, Raisha. For real. Unknown she color. Hello? Oh, Raisha? Yeah, she right here. For real. Oh, my God. This girl was terrible. So I just had big hair and it's not like ugly that bitch anyways but it's just like it's just don't worry i got a name just like you his is frank franco (laughs) fuck you frank franco wait hold on what literally that's a terrible name frank franco yeah frank franco raisha jackson y'all can get married from right off into the sun seriously into the sun i digress sorry to interrupt um but like i was so this is like oh my gosh so third grade, I was always really, really skinny. Mm-hmm. And third grade hit, and went to like five three, like a hundred and like fifty pounds. Like what happened to me? Um, and I was just so awkward, and I would trip over myself, whatever. So this girl would make fun of my hair because it was big and curly. It was uh-huh. like hers, which hers had weave in it. Nothing <gasps> wrong with weave, but don't come at me about my right, hair. Right? Yeah. Anyway, okay. when your hair <laughs> comes from a pony dad. Yeah. A pony dad. <laughs> Pony sass. Pony hair. I mean, I'm sure that's probably not true, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> we, we talk to shit. That's um, you don't need to be accurate when you talk to shit. You just gotta, you just gotta go. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, it was like, it was my hair. Um, it, My skin. Like, I wasn't... For her, I don't even know. Like, I'm in Hawaii. When I go to Hawaii, I get really dark. But this girl's black, and she was like, you're trying to be white. And I'm like, this is how dark I get. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, and then it was, I would sit, you know those chairs in elementary school where it's just like all, like the table, and then the chair was connected. My fat ass isn't going to fit in this thing. So I'm like trying to get into these chairs. I'm always awkward. So she would like tie my shoelaces together. So, what? Because I couldn't see around me. I'm like in the chair. And I tried to get up to go somewhere, and I'd like eat shit. Um... So yeah, I was always like, damn, like I'm fat, I'm not dark enough, I'm not white enough, my hair is ugly, like what's wrong with me? Um, so yeah, and I struggled with that a long time, and then when I moved to Washington when I was like, what grade was I in? Like going to fifth grade, mm-hmm. everyone there was, they're all white, or the black kids were lighter skinned because there's no sun in Washington, and I was right. super dark because I came from Hawaii. Um, and they had like the white girls who were super skinny, um, and I was still struggling with my sexuality. Um, so me being like, okay, well, I like this guy. Oh, wait, he's white. You can't like him. He's white. It's like, uh, that's weird. Yeah. You know, I never really grew up that way. Um, so yeah, definitely struggled. And then when I went into, um, junior high, I don't know what it is in Washington, but everyone's just like really sexually active at a very young age. So I was very aware of like my body and what... Boys liked. Yeah. First the L. Julian Elementary bitch y'all shit to do. Yeah, I'm gonna call on Fairview Junior High, Bremerton, Washington. Check your kids. Yeah. Um, but um, so when I got into junior high, I didn't look like all the other girls, so I thought I needed to lose weight. So I went into when I got into football, um, my dad's like, "You're gonna get into football, like tackle football. You're not gonna be able to quit. Like you're gonna go in, you're not gonna quit." My yeah. Cool. I lost like 30 to 40 pounds. So when I went into like junior high, I was a completely different person. Um, I don't know how schools work here, but it's kind of like separated by like districts. For what uh, yes. So yeah, all yeah. those bitches, I went to elementary school kids, like they didn't go to my same junior high. So I got to like reinvent myself. 
cool. You know? Um, so it was, but I was not being authentic, you know? Like, I had the body now and all this other stuff, but I felt like I had to act a certain way. So, a constant struggle. And even right. now, like, you, you know, my friends, Danny, like, I'm the only one who, for one, is black. I'm the only one who's, like, basically as tall or as wide as I am. And I'm not even, like, a big person. I just always feel insecure around everyone else with, like, you know, their straight hair. My hair is all, like, right now it's straight, I know. But, like, it's, yeah. like, usually curly and big. Um, so, yeah, it's just, like, an ongoing, for sure. Yeah, ongoing yeah. Thing. Um, when I found out that they, they dedicated a whole episode to body image, mm. I kind of... Um, Maybe rolled my eyes a bit because you don't really hear that a, a lot with with men as far as body image issues. I, I hear about the struggles of women and they definitely have it a lot harder than, than men do as far as that. And I started thinking to myself, I started going back to when I was a kid. And yeah, there were those boys who were just fucking buff. And I go, what the fuck? What's going on? Who gave you permission? And so yeah. I, I begged my... I, well, I had weights. I didn't do the Bowflex. But... Um, uh, we don't have diapers. Oh no. Oh shit. Literally shit. <laughs> don't smile about that. He's like, no <laughs> diapers. Oh my gosh. Okay, oh. well, we'll do a plan. Um, but yeah, I would be doing push ups and stuff, try to get trying to get bigger, and um, I don't know if it was my half Filipino jeans, but it wasn't working. And um, <laughs> facial hair too uh, is pretty splotchy on my face. So when all the boys would have beards or mustaches or goatees or awesome stuff and I'm like fuck and I have five hairs <laughs> on my whole face um on yeah. my whole body <laughs> on my whole on not my whole body four neck up um <laughs> so what just happened here no but I started reevaluating and there is a lot of comparing of I need to be bigger I need to uh, do this and um one of the bigger things I related to was was what was my relationship with food um, I love eating, but there was just a time when, and I think it was my relationship with my dad, where I, he would just lose his temper all the time. And so I associated, um, meals, cause we would eat together with just being degraded on everything. I, I, I can't play any sports cause I'm not a big guy. This is, this is what he's saying. Um, you, you're not going to be able to get any girls with that body. And so th it was just always hammered into me during dinner time, during lunch time. Mm -hmm. So then I just, I would kind of sneak my food down in my pockets and then not eat for a long time. And so um, even now, uh, being 105 years old, I, even, I eat emotionally. Now, because now I'm, I, I don't know, I feel like I'm trying to play catch up in, in all the, the sadness I experienced with food. Um, so that, that was more where, where I went to. I, I did struggle with, I'm, I'm not as buff as that guy or whatever, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with my body. Um, but I, I love exercising because it just feels good right afterward. I love just going running or doing whatever. Um, but I, I don't really have that pressure on me, um, which is fortunate for me uh, to do that. Um, do y'all have some sort of relationship with food that, what? Oh, relationship with food, or are you pretty okay with food? 
because yeah. I love eating. But yeah, from time to time it'll be, I'm sad. All the Kit Kats. Yeah. All the Kit Kats. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I. I You, if you want, you can leave him here. Okay, you can take him. Okay. All right. We figured out a plan. Sorry. Uh, what are we talking about? Uh, your uh, relationship with food. Oh. Or do you have a healthy relationship with food? Do you? I think I do now. Okay. Uh, but since you do bring it up, um, I know for several years I had an unhealthy relationship with food. Um. I can't really say I know how I defined that unhealthy relationship with food. I just know it was unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, where unconsciously I would just gorge myself. Um, and. We're, caught, we're moving. Things are moving happening. Things, things are hold. happening. Please hold Rakesh, uh, what was her name? Rakesha Jackson? Rakesha. Rakesha Franco. Rakesha Franco. You can go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Try to think. Have you tried looking at that kid? The kid Frank, Frank. Frank. I've tried with this girl yeah. for years. Yeah, yeah, he has a Facebook. Yeah. We're not friends. <laughs> Wait, that's weird. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> Does anyone want anything for CVS? Yeah, thank no. you. Corn thank nuts, <laughs> Powerade, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Babies. Babies, yeah. yeah. Um, you had a... So, yeah. Uh, for several years, um, I would just gorge myself, and I would constantly eat. Um, and it would be during times where my life, for, for any particular reason, was not going well. Uh, and I think that was just a learned behavior from my mother. Because uh, now my mother, she is overweight, and I know she has her own insecurities about her weight. Um, but I think that was a learned behavior, um, particularly from childhood when I was witnessing the, essentially the destruction of my parents' marriage um, in my early, like, well, from like maybe 10 to 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, for example, around this time last year, um, I was going through something very emotionally difficult um, at the time. And I was always eating or like overeating. And I didn't even realize it. I was just doing it. And then I realized when I was looking back at, back at pictures from around this time last year, I can see it in my, like, obviously I'm not like fat and I've never been, uh, but I could tell that I was overweight um, and unhealthy by my face because my face was exceptionally round. Um, and I just thought back to the time of what exactly I was going through and I could tell that food was one of my subconscious outlets mm-hmm. for being in that very sad, negative state of mind at the time. Yeah. How about you, Randy? <laughs> food, yeah, it's, it's always been a mess for me, honestly. Um, even now, it's I meal plan or meal prep for the week. It's just like boring salads. And, and it's hard, too, because like, when it's at work, people are always like, man, you're so healthy, this and that. But it's like... I feel like people 
subconsciously want to sabotage you. So even when I was like a child, my um, my stepmom's mother, um, she was my grandmother growing up, she would literally let me eat sugar cubes. She would oh, let me damn. throw sugar into my cereal. She would let me eat an entire box of cereal. Uh-huh. You know the donuts you'd get, like the 12 in a row? Yeah. Let me eat the whole thing. I was fat. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, and now, like, we have we had food days at State Farm. And like, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm not participating, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, you know, sure, I don't want this, sure, I want that. Like, you guys all know I'm trying to, like, meal prep and get, like, my life together. Because I, McDonald's, yes. love Taco Bell. They call me yes. Karen. <laughs> they always call me Karen. Because <laughs> Damn it. Let's go something fun. <laughs> Karen, let's go to okay. Taco Bell. They call me Karen. Click go to Taco Bell. But it's, I, I know I wasn't, like, large, you know. Um, but it's not just about being, like, fat. A fat person can still be healthy. There's skinny people who are oh, unhealthy. Yeah. I, my ex-girlfriend, this she was so tiny. She'd eat junk food every single day. Yeah. You just get lucky. You don't lose people like, oh my gosh, she's so healthy. Girl has a six pack and she's eating McDonald's. Uh-huh. Um, so that's constant my struggle. It's like if I have fries, it's like I immediately am calculating how many calories and how much time I need to spend running. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it's it's definitely an ongoing battle. But yeah. nothing crazy and healthy. But it's I wish I could be healthy. Like right now we're going to Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. And this whole weekend I'm just like. Don't eat that bitch. Oh, Do not no. eat that bitch. And like last night I went to a party and they had like pizza and there was wings, there was cake, um, they had all this beer and I'm like, I'll have my I water. Want all of these things. I'll but... have my water. Yeah. Exactly. I have my diet water still. So. <laughs> yeah. I drink a lot of air right yeah. before this, so stuffed. I'm good. This air is spicy. Oh shit. <laughs> um, and then the the fourth episode, which was. Mm-hmm. Um, very, I was going to say very heavy, but mm-hmm. then we were just talking about um, body image. Um, no pun intended. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> it, it mainly talked about um, the Me Too movement, uh, sexual assault. Um, a, lo- a lot of it was how men view women, how society views women right. as, as less than and um, objectifying them. Um, what are some things that stood out to y'all about the episodes, maybe some things you related to, um, revelations, or, yeah? Just, I, my, the one thing I, I, that stuck with me in that, um, again, my friends are very man-hating. Men need to keep their hands off of women. And I'm uh-huh. always one like, dude, everyone keep your hands off of everyone else. If yeah. It's not, it's not consensual. So, I, I, again, I forget that gentleman's name. We talked about the statistics of um, child sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. It's one in four girls and one in six Mm -hmm. boys. That's a lot. That's a lot. And that's how much people who come forward. So I was happy that they touched on that. That like, yes, we we all know it seems like the majority is men, you know, um, touching women or things like that. But there's just as many women possibly touching little boys but everyone's just so safe mm-hmm. thinking that it's a woman and we don't even know the statistics of how many other boys are out there and just like the suicide rates I don't know the number but I know it's way more for a man to commit suicide than it would be for a woman mm. and then it just ties back to the whole men can't talk right um, situation so that I'm happy they touched on that because it, it should just be don't touch anybody right yeah man or or woman, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm definitely glad I touched on that. Um, episode four, which 
I can see why it was so long in comparison to oh, the yeah. other episodes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it touched on so many heavy things. I've seen that episode twice, and I like I definitely cried both times, particularly on the account of the three women that they had as guests sharing their own mm-hmm. Me Too stories, if you will. Um, from the gal with like the gorgeous bro, I forget her name. Right? Uh-huh. Um, I was like, her hair is giving me so much life. Yeah. Um, but she was sharing that she was on was it subway public Uh, transport and there was a guy um that was next to her um and then there was one other woman um on that train and so it was just the three of them but this girl sitting next to the guy um this guy took it upon himself to just whip it out and started masturbating right next to this girl um and something like that, uh, uncomfortable is putting it lightly. Oh, yeah. Um, but I can only imagine what something like that feels like. Now, I have, I have an idea of what physical assault is like because I've, I've been through it. But some kind of sexual assault that added layer um, to try to move past or try to get over it or heal from it, I, I can only presume that that's exceptionally difficult to do. Um, and then there was the other, I presume, Hispanic woman um, that shared, um, you know, she was sexually abused by her father. Mm-hmm. And her father... Uh, made the point that this is something any good daughter would do and that just like psychological fucking up of your child's uh-huh. mental health is just absolutely messed up and then she shared another account from from that video whenever that was created five years ago um, where she was absolutely blatantly raped um, by her friend's boyfriend I believe and her friend that she had been good friends with for I think over 20 years she said Mm -hmm. didn't believe her Uh, and and that broke my heart and then lastly there was the um, the other woman who said that basically this colleague or upper management colleague of sorts uh, for this company she used to work with essentially put up this like sketchy little offer that this woman should date him um, and he would offer her all of these perks so she could get ahead in the company Mm -hmm. and it just escalated to these very uncomfortable degrees to the point where she had to quit the company that she thought she would retire from and to even get to that point to absolutely tenfold change your life because of the shitty actions of somebody else that's really crappy Mm -hmm. and essentially um, these other people men in these cases that are taking it upon themselves to take away the agency of another human being um, 
that I relate to. Um, in my own story, uh, someone took my agency by making sure I was in an altered state of mind, so they gave me a roofie, um, something I'd never experienced before, to, to be drugged to make sure that you can get something out of me. Um, that the whole roofie thing, um, I remember that in the episodes they talked about altered state of minds, um, mm-hmm. such as with alcohol, to make sure that they can uh, get a woman to maybe say yes to sex, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, these men putting themselves in the position where they're in power, and now they have power over this other individual to rape them, assault them, whatever. Um, now, for me, as far as I know, thankfully it wasn't of a sexual nature. Um, but at, at least as far as getting you in an altered state of mind to get something out of you that you wouldn't give to them otherwise, um, that that's the part I relate to. And then I can only imagine, like, getting roofied... You, being served like shit tons of alcohol so that they can rape you like what is that yeah and so what that leads me to is this idea of consent now something i've like kind of like superficially kind of joked about but in a deeper sense i'm very serious about um i'll say this phrase um consent is sexy and i think i've learned that from this like sexual consent campaign that I learned from back in high school. Uh, but it only came back up into my life recently. Um, and just hearing stories or in talking to people, I'll say something that has to do with consent and I'll say consent is sexy. Uh, and by that, I mean, <laughs> when, whenever you're to do something uh, with another person, if, if one of these people doesn't give consent, for example, if it's sex, um, if there's no consent from the other person, then that is not consensual and has no business happening. Yeah. Um, so it's not just saying no, but it's like, unless they say yes, I want this to happen, then it's a no. Like, mm-hmm. And unless they say yes, and they're not under the influence, they're not in some altered state of mind, if they're 1,000% sober and they say yes, then at that point. But if there's any deviation from that, if they are uh, roofied, if they are just absolutely under the influence of alcohol or drugged or what have you, and they say yes, that yes doesn't count. Mm -hmm. They're in an altered state of mind and you have no business touching them, forcing their clothes off, like doing anything to them because that is not consensual so like such as that man just like without any consent just whipping it out and and he chased them right right, from from car to car car. yeah Uh, to whip it out and masturbate right next to this young lady like that was not consensual you have no business doing that and I don't know and I think it's something I've always carried since high school whatever that campaign was all about because I don't even remember it uh, but since then, I, even with somebody I was in a relationship with, 
I, I recall that even if it was a relationship that I was in, if I was under the influence, I never wanted to have sex mm-hmm. because it always felt... It feels wrong. It feels wrong. It does. It feels wrong, and if I'm under the influence, I don't care if we're in a relationship. I don't care if I say yes while under the influence. Mm-hmm. It doesn't count. Mm-hmm. To me, it doesn't count. And so I've been in situations where... Yes, I, I had some form of sexual encounter while under the influence, and then I felt absolutely disgusted after it was over mm. for being under the influence. Um, and then on the other end of that, I remember on, in my first year of college, um, a good friend of mine at the time uh, wanted me and this girl to hook up because more or less we had always had, if you will, a thing for each other of sorts. Um, for several years and he took it upon himself to you know be a good pal and get us to hook up whatever that meant now we were in my dorm room at the time having drinks I was very much under the influence this other girl was very much under the influence this friend of mine went all all the way walking to his dorm room which walking was at least two and back maybe 20 30 minutes him to come back Mm -hmm. he came back with a pack of condoms and told me go for it and this girl and I we went into my bedroom and I could tell that things were getting hot and heavy something was about to happen and I put a stop to it because even I was under the influence but not enough to just let things run their course like Mm -hmm. it was supposed to happen or like it was okay I thought back to that campaign I learned in high school and just thought, we're both under the influence. Like, and mind you, I was a virgin at the time. I don't know if she was, but I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this right now. She's under the influence. I'm under the influence. Even if we both say yes, like this consent of sorts doesn't even count. So I don't want to do it. And I don't want to feel shitty about it later. And I don't want her to feel shitty about it later either. So I didn't follow through. Mm-hmm. I didn't follow through. Um, and even, th- and then even after I revealed uh, to this group of friends that I didn't follow through, um, I got flack for it because, well, you're not a man. You're not a man. Basically, a what man. are you, gay? Yeah. She was ready to go. What's wrong with Basically. you? Basically, gay, gay, gay boy. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And one of the things that. I want to jump off on that was uh, how our peers when they're talking about how it's so ingrained in culture right to get that girl or hit that um, I'm like fuck I used to talk like that I we used to just mm-hmm. we were stupid and I'm, I'm glad I'm better uh, but and I try to not interact with I'm calling ignorant people um, but it, it's so normalized to think that way and to think, oh, that's so gay um, when you want to insult somebody if they're opening up or just if you want to hang out. Um, and that was that was really interesting to me that when they brought it up. Um, why do you think, and then this was a huge discussion discussion point, was how they somehow turn it, it's, it's the woman's fault that they got assaulted. What was she wearing? She wearing yeah. um, well, maybe she shouldn't have drank that much. Um, was she flirted? It's 
how, where do you think that comes from? Why do you think that even, why is that thrown out there? When someone get hit, gets hit by a car, we usually don't say, what was that person doing? Mm-hmm. We usually ask, what was the driver doing? I would hope you'd ask that. But why, why do we try to turn it on, on women um, to somehow blame them? It's just a generational thing, I would still say. Those men, those men who are, you know, the judges in these cases, who mm-hmm. are um, the company CEOs of these companies, there's still that generational gap where women are nothing. Mm-hmm. They're dumb. Um, they're usually, like, viewed as just being slutty women. If you give them some drinks in them, then they're ready to go. Yeah. Um, and that's what, like, the go-to is. Um, just, it's going to be off topic, but this just happened in Alaska where this guy was an air traffic controller, mm-hmm. um, obviously a great job. Um, he kidnapped a woman from a gas station, brought her to an undisclosed location, uh, strangled her, and to make it so like she'd basically be dead, and then masturbated on her. So when she got away, what the fuck? when she got away, um, she identified him, they were able to find him, everything. He went to court, uh-huh. he pled guilty. The judge says in court, the fact that this man lost his job was a life sentence enough. <gasps> he was on house what? arrest for like a year with his wife and children. That was time served. <sighs> Someone who does something like that, uh-huh. clearly this isn't the only woman, brings you back to the train incident. That dude does it all the time. For mm-hmm. you to be that comfortable, if we've ever stolen anything, I've stolen something, I'm not going to lie, I was a kid, stole something from a store, I'm Freaking out. Like, yeah. who's watching me? Yeah. So if you're that comfortable on a train to do something like that, to follow the women, knowing they're not going to do anything, mm-hmm. for this man to plan out something like that, yeah. this isn't a first occurrence. But that's just, if, if there's no one else, and I, I think it was episode, was it episode four? They talked about the men who are good guys, or viewed as good guys, yeah, they yeah. don't say anything. Mm-hmm. You're standing by because you don't want to be looked at as ostracized or oh my gosh you're gay oh you're weak yeah. oh, we're gonna push you out of the group because yeah. you're not with the norm of us mm-hmm. um it's hard what are you supposed to do um the gentleman the actor talked about how he felt like he was almost it seemed like it was almost like he was being tested in these meetings where he talked oh, about yes. like the woman coming through the gentleman saying something he's like well, what am i going to say am i going to say something or am i not going to say something to make it seem like i'm cool i'm with the cool guys give me the job right what are you going to do yeah. It is how she's being normalized. Mm-hmm. If people who are higher up are, you're making the rules, and we're okay standing by, like, yeah, okay, that, that rule doesn't, um, oh, someone else in there said something too about how that rule doesn't apply to me, so I'm not going to look into it, I'm not going to do anything. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. That's me. Like, uh, my girlfriend now, um, she's an undocumented um, immigrant. Did no idea. Had no idea about it. Super ignorant to everything. Yeah. And I used to call them, you know, Illegals, and you just can't be here. That used to be my mindset. Right. Now it's completely changed. But you have to know there is a problem, and even though it doesn't apply to you, that's still your duty. If you think that is an issue, that you need to come forward and say, "No, that's a problem. It's not. Yeah. It's not going to work with me." Yeah. Um, so I'm glad they definitely touched on those kinds of issues mm-hmm. as well. What do you What do you think, Danny? <sighs> I don't know about what. Give Damn you. Give you a question to Damn you. Just why, why is a society we don't believe women when they come forward? Oh, right. They even did that montage of news reports right. of them saying 
Should we believe every and the woman? Women, and the They're women. women. The women were sitting there. The women were sitting there saying things. Like, should we actually believe every single one that comes mm-hmm. forward? You know, and it, it's crazy. Yeah. I see where they're coming from. I do. With the fact that these are powerful men. We're just going to, like, take away everything they ever said. But it's not that. It's we right. need to investigate. Right. If we're going to investigate and if he's good to go, then he's good to go. No one's tarnishing his name yet. Right. But we can't just say all these women are lying. And mm-hmm. these, and it'd be also different too if these women weren't showing their faces when they weren't mm-hmm. saying the story. Their names. Yeah. They're just like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to be, I want to be anonymous. Mm-hmm. They're saying, no, this is what happened. This is the account. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. Yeah. Um. Well, as far as not believing women, I don't know. I think there's always been this very odd. Pause. Mm-hmm. Baby is back. <laughs> Yay. With diapers. Clean baby. Clean, no poopy. Wow. Oh, not yet. Okay. Well, still poopy, but with, we have diapers. Yeah. Don't stop smiling that you shit your pants. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Like, you could just be like, shit my pants. Just like being ha- if I did that right now, I'd be so upset. <laughs> I did it as a younger, I'm not going to say when, but I was, I, I should have known to go to the bathroom. I, I chose not to. I thought fine. I could hold, yeah, it was, it was two hours before this. Um, <laughs> I was so upset. Um, there's, yeah, and a few times they brought up, because um, a few of them were dads and they were talking about with their son. And I, I'm really trying to be cognizant about uh, what we show him. As far as music, and I love rap, and in so oh, pretty much all rap, it's degrading to women. Yeah. Um, it fucking sucks. So then I have to delete a song, <laughs> a song that I would blast in my car. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't want to listen to this because I just, I morally can't line up with it. Bye. Well, she'll still listen to it. Because she's like, what, a Tupac shirt? Yeah. I know, I know. She's <laughs> wearing a Tupac shirt. Um, but, um, well, as an adult, you already. You already recognize the, the your, flaws. The... Your, well, I was going to say, you already recognize you're older, you're more mm-hmm. mature, and you understand uh, the underlying of the, um, issues of maybe, maybe the music is bringing up, or you already understand that, you know, just because you listen to this song, it doesn't mean you're going to go out and shoot some guy mm-hmm. and then, like, show Fuck off your bitches. money. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. As an adult, you already know you're not going to do that, mm-hmm. but you're protecting a very young and impressionable mind from this music because you already know how you take it. You never know how they, as a child, might take it or mm-hmm. how it might manifest as they turn into adults. Yeah. And so, of course, it's understandable why you would want to protect them from music of that nature because... You know what it means to you, but you never know what it's going right, to mean to a child. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you? I don't oh, remember. Um, well, okay. So before, as far as us not believing women. Yes. So I think historic, historically speaking, and I don't come from like a super like academically inclined standpoint where I know exactly what I'm talking about. These are just my impressions uh, that I've gained over the years. But historically speaking, 
uh, it's been my impression that society's view or impression of women in whatever time period you're given to study mm-hmm. uh, has been that women are some form of less than than men. You could go back to like freaking Salem witch trials or something like that where women were burned at the stake for witchcraft or whatever that meant for that particular time period. Yeah. Witchcraft to them probably meant some like woman just standing up, standing up for herself, maybe showing a little ankle and she um, hunt a bear and now she's yeah so now she's she's a witch (laughs) right and then they burned about the stake and then um, it wasn't up until 1920 with the 19th Amendment that women can finally vote for example Uh so in some form I don't I don't know. Let me say this. So, in terms of societies that we have on this planet, we have, we've always had some form of hierarchy of social status. Mm-hmm. So, as of right now, I would say at the very tip top, at least in our country, you have straight white rich men. Mm-hmm. And then... Anybody below that is some form of a minority. So even if you're a straight, white, rich woman in terms of sex, like your biological sex, your minority feature, I guess, of yourself would be the fact that you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, or I would probably even throw in there Christian. Mm-hmm. As the, with, with yeah. The, yeah. Um, or maybe you're somewhere on the bottom where you're like... A disabled lesbian Native American woman that is, I don't know, like Muslim, whatever, yeah. like all those things. Like, you're not just a minority, you're like super down there, bottom of the totem pole mm-hmm. minority. Um, so, there are different ways to be a minority, of course, but. In terms of biological sex, that alone, being a woman, in comparison to a man, is somehow less than. Mm-hmm. It is um, problematic to you as a person as far as your social status in your culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a problem. Yes. In some shape or form, to say the least. Now... Tying that back to us not believing women, the way I see it is simply we're just taking the side of the man because somehow that's the like logical the thing to do yeah. in terms of what's socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. Caste system, basically. I'm right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, so our concern, and I'm using the royal we here, but our concern... Um, is more geared toward well how does this affect the man versus what, happened to what uh, yeah. the man did to affect her like, like we the have, Alaska case we yeah. lost, lost a job that's his yeah. whole life like, yeah. poor guy yeah. yeah so we poor have no guy. regard for 
what led to the fact that he lost his job, well, he lost his job because he done fucked up mm-hmm. and did whatever thing he did to this woman, mm-hmm. whether it was he flashed his wiener or downright rape, raped her, mm-hmm. whatever. But, oh, his life is hard, so he lost his job. Like, that's hard enough. No, are you kidding me? Like, that makes zero sense. <laughs> zero sense. And so I think for those, just historically speaking, like, it just, why wouldn't we take the side of the man, given how societies have evolved over time to disregard women, women and yeah. their needs? That, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling, but hopefully that all makes sense. <laughs> Serena, did you want to speak about the fourth episode, the Me Too and sexual assault? What things stood out to you? Um, or do you need a second? That's where the women, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I just, I guess I was wondering throughout, and, and to be fair, I think, the conversations would definitely have looked different if women were around the table for consistently throughout all the episodes. Um, but I still found it. It was a it was a good. I loved the series, right, the main series. But it was just there were still not a lot of women. Yeah, that was your biggest complaint. That was my about biggest that. complaint, and I get it because they're talking about masculinity and they're talking about how they can be better at being men toward women, but there were no women around the table. And it was it was great to have the women share their stories and it was powerful and some of it, you know, was resonated on a personal level, but it was, it, I feel like it, it would have been nice to have um, kind of an organic discussion between the men and the women. Um, addressing all of these issues and asking questions and it was nice to see when um, like little light bulbs will go off and then you know they'll kind of build on what each other was saying or uh, shift viewpoints on something because of somebody else what somebody else said um, but it's just there's just this common I don't know it's just a habit to not include women even when you're making laws about our bodies yeah mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's just, yeah. Um, I hope, it, it sucks because, like, I feel I'm proud that women have come forward. I just don't think it's enough. I'm proud that men are starting to take into consideration how they can be better human beings. It's just, I don't think it's enough. And it, that worries me for my kids. Right? And I know that we can do our part by making sure that we expose him to as much as we can and try to make him as open of a human being as possible and accepting and, and be kind. Um, but it's in, it's in our language and it's kind of in, it's in our history. It's in the word history. It is, um, it's, um, yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen women um, more throughout this series. Um, I think that may be it. Okay, thank you. I don't remember uh, where I was going. Wow, perfect. I'm really <laughs> glad that happened. Uh, is there, they're going to kick us out in probably like three minutes. Was there anything that we didn't touch on that 
that stood out to you in the series overall that that'll stick with you or maybe that kind of probably disgusted you just something that we didn't cover we should probably do a part two of this or something because it was I feel like there's more stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we can keep going, but and just when you get like I've talked to my roommate. Roommate's very, I'd say masculine. He plays all the sports. He's a teacher and he teaches all the sports. At, you know, um, we have a gym in our garage and it's just like all this Hulk stuff. Nice. Um, but speaking to him, he is, he's just so sweet. Like he doesn't come off. He looks like that guy, but he isn't that guy when you speak to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was telling him about about this show and um, doing this podcast and everything. Um, and it's just, he was saying how it's nice that we will have people who, from different backgrounds, you know, just like how the show does it. So I think if you really did decide to do this again, having people from yeah, whole different, different perspective. Yeah. Okay? yeah. And I think it's the only way that everyone will understand mm-hmm. where everyone's coming from, just like on the show. They have so many different backgrounds and mm-hmm. it opens your eyes and your mind to wow, I, you know, I was that bystander during that time where yeah. I literally saw this. This probably could have happened. Mm-hmm. I could have been there for my my guy friend. He probably was going through something, and yeah. he was out there being aggressive, and I could have been like, hey, let's just have a conversation real quick. You know? yeah. That would definitely stick with me. Mm-hmm. about you, Danny? Um, I think my biggest uh, takeaway is that I think every... Every human that inhabits this planet has some form of masculine or feminine energy, or maybe some other form of energy. But generally speaking, like masculine and feminine. And I don't think that men should only have masculine energy and that's it, and women should only have feminine energy and that's it. Um, it's like a combination of both for everybody, and everybody's on some form of spectrum and ultimately wherever it is you lie on that spectrum that's okay yeah uh because ultimately as long as you're not hurting anybody else or yourself and you're happy and you're healthy then it shouldn't matter how you decide to express yourself masculine feminine or otherwise um in your everyday life and so these these men at the dinner table um, as they talk about these and kind of these topics and flesh them out and really explain how it is masculinity manifests itself in their own lives, um, it's it's just really apparent to me that at the end of the day, like you are just whoever you are, and mm-hmm. that's all right. That's all right. Sure. While I appreciate it, again, I appreciated the series, I still think there's so much more work to be done. There is so much more work to be done. Because, bottom line, men that look like men, that identify as men, will never know what it feels like to be a woman. Mm -hmm. When they were talking about, um, you know, the, the guy, the main guy. Justin. Sure. Was saying, you know, um... Or actually, all the guys were talking about um, like if their wives or their partners or whoever come mm. home every day and, and tell guy. them exactly what happens every single minute of every day and how many times they get objectified or something, you know, somebody says something misogynistic or racist or whatever throughout the woman's day. Like, you, you will never 
understand what it's like. And and the sad thing is, like, women live it every day. Mm-hmm. Like, I was transferred because I was pregnant and because when I, I don't know, some people may think I'm attractive. And so that is intimidating to other people. It was a power play. I was moved. I was completely moved from my job. Right, and then the director of human resources at the time would say, "Oh, well, I don't want you to move anything in your condition when I was pregnant," and I, I I appreciate that. Like, it comes from a good place, but it was also like, "Oh my God, she's so fragile. Like, don't you know she's a woman? She can't do anything yeah. because she's you know she's pregnant, or because she's a woman in general." And there was such. Um, a misogynistic environment and it was created by those men it was created by those people you know and every time I'm catcalled or I don't feel comfortable walking you know down the street or I feel eyes on me or it's just it's every minute of every day and women live this as a result of men's masculinity and I'm not blaming you and I'm not one of those men hating you know feminist um, whatever I am a feminist but mm-hmm. I'm not I don't hate men mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, there's so many more, you know, deep issues um, that need to be talked about. And it's great that there's this space that you've created that we can have these discussions and that the actor guy, Jane the Virgin, you know, he created it. That you, that you need to watch, Danny. Oh, yes. you really do. Um, but it needs to happen more. And we need to be cognizant of our actions. And we need to be cognizant even of our clothing and of our language and, and of, of the way we raise our kids and um, how we speak to one another. And it's, it's just, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hopeful that it may be like this, our society may be a better place by the time he is old enough. Mm-hmm. But it's doubtful because <laughs> it's just it goes back for so long and it's just so deep and it's just yeah and it sucks yeah everyone asks me like oh my god you want to grow when you have a kid and I'm like no. no I really don't yeah women suffer and still people don't see it mm-hmm. and um, I think that was the biggest like wow for them just now realizing like they're 30 years old and they're young and they're progressive and they're talking about this stuff and that's great but to have them hear or um, acknowledge that they just started thinking about stuff like this when we've lived it is like mm-hmm. wow you know yeah well thank you thank y'all for yeah. hanging out thank you on your what is this Sunday Sunday, Sunday. son of a bitch it's Sunday yeah yeah, it's Sunday. I don't know. I thought I was hoping it'd be Saturday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that changes my mind about everything now, and now I'm now. Thank you all for having me. Thank you, Danny and Randy and Serena. Thank Diverse. you for having us. And yeah. papers. Wow. <laughs>